Beetlejuice. 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 It's showtime. Welcome to the Beetlejuice Minute, where we discuss Tim Burton's Beetlejuice minute by minute. I'm your host, Julianne Fay, actress and owner of CinemaBliss.com, and my co-host today is Barry Rathman. I am not an actress. I am more involved in the sound part of making movies. It's Thursday, Friday Eve, over here at the Beetlejuice Minute, and we're doing minute number 48. This minute starts with Beetlejuice flying out of the ground. Scaring the crap out of Adam and Barbara, he chases them down, kisses Barbara, asks uh, uh, Alex, Adam, Alex Baldwin and Adam, you know, whatever, uh, if he has any kind of romantic shot with Barbara, and then offers, his, offers them his services to kill, throw his voice, possess people, or uh, any other heinous job they need done, and insists on getting to know the missus a little bit better. And before we start in on this minute, uh, I realized I forgot to do this in the last minute, so I greatly, deeply apologize. But um, today's guest commentator, and he has been with us all week, folks, is Mr. Christopher R. Mim, writer, director, filmmaker of monster movies of the 50s, but they were made in the last 12 years, 11 years. He's working on his 12th film, so something like it that. It all works out. It all works they're, out. They're bold movies. And they're good, bad movies. See, there you go. It took you four days, but you got it. <laughs> well, welcome back, Chris. We're glad <laughs> you, you haven't uh, run away from us yet. No, I'm having, I, I get to talk about myself and make it sound like I'm talking about Beetlejuice. What could be better? <laughs> it's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, who wants to start? Michael Hello, Douglas. Michael explain. Douglas. Michael John Douglas is uh, Michael Keaton's birth name. He had to swap it because when he joined the Union, obviously there were a few Mike or Michael Douglases about. So contrary to popular belief, he did not name himself for Diane Keaton. He just was looking around the surnames and the Ks. And he was just, a really, big fan of, he was just a really big fan of family ties. I like that you exactly, said inoffensive, yeah. <laughs> considering that Beetlejuice's character is not inoffensive. <laughs> yes, and, and actually the majority of Michael Keaton's characters are kind of oddballs. <laughs> I love it. Uh, he was born in Pennsylvania. He did a bit of stand-up comedy unsuccessfully, and then he went as a TV cameraman to a cable station, and he decided he really liked doing the in-front-of-the-camera work more than behind it. So then he jumped on TV and did a bunch of a uh, bunch of little little spots, including Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh, sweet! First big success was in Night Shift, which was in '82, and then Burton saw that and was like, "Hey, this guy could play." And Keaton's sort of improvish. He, like I said, he tried out as a as a stand-up comedy guy, so his improv worked greatly here, considering probably 90% of the lines have been rewritten. I was going to say... Or or I should say I should say thrown out entirely. Like, looking at the script and what actually ended up in the movie is about 90% Keaton and only 10% The script. moment you said that he had improv background, I was going to say, I don't know if this is improv or not, but it certainly sounds like someone riffing like an improver. So you're confirming oh, yeah. it here. Exactly. What did the script stuff say? Well, the script actually lists him as sort of a having 
uh, pulling uh, colloquialisms from everywhere and nowhere, so he's kind of a man out of time, almost, but, like, doing a lot of slang. Like, for example, first thing he shows up and says, all right, who are you? I'm going to try to do it in Beetlejuice voice, so bear with me. <laughs> uh, you're the dead. Aren't you dead? Hell no, I'm rolling. I'm a businessman. I'm the man what I am. Beetlejuice. Who do I got to kill? Biobustin, I love it. Who do I got to kill? Family, right? Obnoxious, I bet. Moms, daddies, piglets. Hey, you've been on Saturn. Hate those sandworms. Yuck. A lot, a lot of, lost a lot of buddies to those sandworms. So, daughter, huh? She got good legs? Gotta love a good leg. <laughs> wow, they really changed pretty much all that, except the sandworms. Yeah, about nine, about 90%. Is, is completely yep. him. Well, this was in the era of we were starting to reach, what, peak Keaton, I would say. Well, I, you know, I mean, he had what? He had, you know, Gung Ho and Mr. Mom and yeah. Beetlejuice and Johnny Dangerously, Johnny Dangerously and, and, and uh, you know, and then rolling into Batman. And, and so, I mean, you know, I would say that this is this is peak Keaton at this point. I'd agree with yeah. that, definitely. Yeah. He's definitely making a comeback, though, at least in the Oscar uh, drama. Yeah, I mean, he kind of he kind of yeah. disappeared a little bit for a while there. Uh, I mean, he he would pop up here and there and stuff like, uh, wasn't he? Uh, wasn't Jackie Brown, right? Yes. But he seemed kind of very much. He just disappeared off the radar for a while, and and it's nice to see him coming back. You know, I mean, he's 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 definitely not Val Kilmer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and he also didn't. Looked like he ate Val Kilmer either. Oh, or, or see, Kilmer. in interviews for Birdman, when people were like drawing the the obvious connection between you know how he did Batman, and now it's a movie about a man who's coming back after doing superhero movie. There you go. After saying he wasn't going to do the third. Yes, one. there you go. So there's the plot of Birdman. People Which would ask him why he had disappeared, and he said that he was he started feeling like he was pulling the same old things and same old tricks and he just basically I guess got a little burnt out like he wasn't inspired like he was creating anything new with his characters so part of it was self-imposed it wasn't just like he dropped off the face of the earth because for some reason no one wanted to hire him uh, well, I'm sure there's the c- cyclical nature of Hollywood too it's just that you know he was sort of the top I mean he was he was like I said that was Pete Keaton right uh, and like any any actor it's like they hit they're like the big thing for a while, and then they just kind of drop off. And it's nice to see that he's he's an actor who's sort of making a solid comeback, uh, getting sort of the respect I think he deserves. And I think it's funny mentioning Batman and then Birdman in that he's going to be playing the Vulture in Spider-Man. I heard yes! that. <laughs> he likes them winged winged characters. Apparently. And he's good at them, or at least if, you know, Batman and Birdman are any indication. Speaking of winged characters, this has nothing to do with wings, but uh, I didn't really have a good transition here. Um, Nice segue. Question number one. What kind of breath do you think Beetlejuice has? Because, you know, with the moss growing around his mouth and he just plants a nice big wet one on Barbara, I'm just like, oh, God. In In my head... I imagine that he tastes like burnt rubber smells. Oh, I think he's a. I, th- well, I think there's a bit of decomposition in there too. Ugh. I was thinking like, more like like rotten mushrooms, maybe. Uh, mixed, oh. mixed a little with, um, you know, death, I suppose. Death. <laughs> I don't know what death really smells like because at funerals they're pretty much sanitized at that point. Uh, true. True. 
So yeah. are you not referring to human death, Chris? Or are you referring to other types of death? I I don't know. I just I was thinking more of a you know his teeth. Maybe it's like you know like abscessed teeth, you know, or something like you get that that horrible like infection breath or something. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. Or when you have the flu. Sometimes have yeah. you ever been around someone who's had the flu for uh, several days and you're like. Oh God! Oh God! I know they're feeling miserable, but oh my God, I can really smell it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, it's not just that though. But what do you? I know. I realize you two gentlemen may not, uh, you know, imagine yourselves kissing uh, Beetlejuice, but can you imagine what he tastes like? <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He tastes like burnt rubber smells. I bet. <laughs> tastes like an like an electrical fire. Ooh, mm, yum! Poor Barbara. Well, he's certainly giving an electric performance, but um, chish. I agree with that. I think I had more comments about his performance in minute number forty-nine, but I agree. Uh, well, before we started this, speaking on his performance, and I've 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 seen this in a few things, but I have never been able to corroborate it with any any specific. Yes, this is what happened. But before this minute started, I was showing them Bill, the great Bill Mosley as Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And if you watch, you can you can go on YouTube, see clips of it. Although you really, it, it's it's a really fun, bizarre, crazy movie. Which is funny considering the first one is is not trying to be a comedy, or at least it doesn't feel like it's trying to be a comedy. And it's the <laughs> director. But everything gets jacked up to like 11. And Bill Mosley's performance is, I, I wonder if there's more than a hint because on the IMDb page and everything, it says that there's a, that Keaton put a lot of chop top in this Beetlejuice performance. And watching the two back to back, you can definitely see if he didn't watch him, it's an amazing similarity. Hmm. Yes and no. Like, yes and no, definitely. I think that Keaton may be a little more, Hmm. Maybe a more manic, a little more electric. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I mean, just sort of the the voice and even a bit of the look. Uh, the makeup, the, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring up uh, jacking it up to eleven, mm. uh, because of course that that's sort of a reference to this is Spinal Tap, which you know yeah, I keep yeah. I keep bringing up Christopher Guest movies. Uh, there you go. There's another iconic Christopher Guest movie. Um, is it because his name is Christopher, or no? Just kidding. No, I don't know. I just, I, I, it just seems to be coming back to that. And again, maybe it has more to do with, you know, Catherine O'Hara's uh, been a mainstay in a lot of his work, uh, his mockumentary work. Uh, that maybe it's just there's weird parallels. Also, I think just you know the whole idea of an amp that goes to eleven because well, this one goes to eleven uh, has become just cultural. When you know people know, uh, you know, crank it up to eleven because this one goes to eleven. I mean, and that's the logic. Well, this one goes to eleven. I wonder how many people actually know what that reference is from and just say it because you know everyone says it. Right, because it's one more than ten. I I, I think a lot of people. I think it's become probably widely cultural to the point that most people don't realize what it's from. Um, mm -hmm. But that is definitely the place you can look specifically. To say, yeah, that's 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 where the joke comes from. The idea of the you know amp that goes that one bit louder, you know, that one bit mm -hmm. heavier uh, because it goes to eleven. Well, I think you could definitely say Keaton's at eleven in this movie. Yes. 
Remind me, and I'll put a link to the uh, for all you millennials listening in. At, this is Spinal Tap uh, <laughs> this for, minute. For all you millennial listening right now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how many we have. But okay. Um, well, and I'll, I'll also I, put a Chop Top link in there too, just to just to round it out. Oh, excellent. Um, I was going to say, this is kind of funny, because um, I choose the little pictures that uh, our listeners are used to seeing on our website, and um, because it's ramped up to 11, I noticed that some of the freeze frames is uh, the reactions of Adam and Barbara to Beetlejuice are priceless, because he is so manic, suddenly their faces have become... Um, a little more over the top in order to not be overshadowed by them completely there. Everybody's like ramped up to 11 and you can totally well, really have- see it. If you look frame by frame, trying to find a, you know, a nice, <laughs> a nice photo. <laughs> Well, I really have to wonder how much of this, again, they knew was going to happen or how much he just completely is riffing because some of their reactions you could, you could read as like, wait, did he just, <laughs> Oh, that's wonderful, though. Well, as an actress, it's always fun when you've got something that's really genuine. I I, I like that. It's fun. Yeah, you know, one of the things I always liked about that too is is you, and I don't know if this is in the script or if it's just the way it comes off. Is that you can tell the moment they unleash him, you can tell they're like uh, instantly. This was a bad idea. We should not have done this. I like the costume designer's choice uh, to have Beetlejuice's buttons almost popping open because it kind of it shows that he's kind of slothful because he hasn't bothered to get better clothes uh it shows that he's slovenly because someone who's you know neat and tidy would you know have probably sewed some of those buttons back together and a weird way it also shows his sluttiness (laughs) because hey you get a little peek of my chest there you know whatever but um, all at the same time, and all it is is that they've given him a shirt that's a size too small, and he looks like those buttons are about to just fly off at any moment. Well, and he's clear. also wearing red, and as our faithful listeners know, red is usually linked with the living, but he's a, he's a bio-exorcist, so he's able to do things amongst the living. So I thought that was probably on purpose that he is wearing a red shirt. Oh, I was going to say, I always like that they also padded him. To make him, you know, he's not in shape. And I, I like that they sort of gave him a gut and to make him look kind of like, you know, like a used car salesman who's just kind of just doesn't care. <laughs> uh, and is, you know, like you said, he's, he's slothful. He, he likes the, the ladies, but in kind of a gross way. Um, and, you know, he just, he, he I don't know. Uh, he, he, he's, he, there's no way you can necessarily, there's no way you can mistake Beetlejuice for sexy. Except <laughs> <laughs> in his own mind. Right, but he thinks he is. Uh, and that makes yeah. that makes him almost more dangerous. Because he's like, <laughs> hey. And then he's got these sort of magical powers as well. So, you know, he's he's a guy who's who's obviously used that to his own gain uh, in many ways. And I think just his, you know, his body type, again, it's the same thing. It's just like, he just doesn't really care because he thinks he's awesome. Indeed, and it's it's funny you, you mentioned you know his his past uh, jobs basically. Okay, so the card says bio exorcist. That's that's how he bills himself as in in the the little Cal Worthington ad. You know, he's basically bills himself as a bio exorcist, and yet the first thing he asks when he 
asks them what he, what they want him to do, he immediately goes to killing someone. Yes. I know. <laughs> Who do you want me to kill? Which is one of the few lines that was uh, in the original script, I think, you when you read it earlier. Yes, yes. I think that was maybe one of the only ones. There might be a V or an and in there somewhere, but yeah. <laughs> Especially the throwing your voice gag. Which is wonderful. I love Barbara's face while she's while he's doing the throwing your voice. So good acting <laughs> well, I, on her I, part. Underrated I, I, acting for Gina Davis there. <laughs> well and I like I like the sort of crap eaten grin on his face after it's like, ha, that's a cool trick, right? You know, just got his look like ha see, see what I did there? That's good stuff. Where he's just proud of himself, you know? Again, that's mm-hmm. that's his character. It's just like, see, I can do it. I did it. You like that? You know, self confidence on most people is sexy. <laughs> where, 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 does it work for him? Where he's Wait, delusionally self confident. Well, I said on most people. You can't see the air quotes because it's a podcast, but on most people. <laughs> yes, uh, this is, is a, this, of course, is an audio only medium, but you must use your imagination, just like we were talking about uh, in previous episodes, to imagine Julie making the air quotes. Yes. Quote <laughs> most unquote people. <laughs> Speaking of special powers and the fact he thinks he's so awesome, I I like to think that the sound effects of the hat flinging was his own. Yeah, that's I I always thought that was just funny because it adds a it's it you know it adds a touch of cartoon, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. But in in a way that it's so subtle and it's just really the one time that it makes it extra funny. Agreed. It's almost like he is a living cartoon, really. Right. I mean, because he's on a totally different level than anybody else in this movie. Exactly. And that's, I think you're probably right. I like the idea of him just being like, I'm going to add a sound effect to this, you know? It just, <laughs> it, it works. And it's, I, I know you can't really draw a line considering how Robin Williams is normally, but it's kind of interesting, the whole, uh, when Genie shows up in Aladdin, it's sort of the exact same way. You know, you've got this crazy over-the-top, character who is, you know, completely blowing apart a movie that, well, okay, not in Beetlejuice's case, but for the most part has been relatively normal-ish. Right. And if this was a musical, he would totally do a huge, big number. Oh, heck yeah. This is where the music comes in right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I suppose yeah. just like the genie does in Aladdin when he shows up and does does the big Musical number. Mm-hmm. But of course, uh, the genie is, you know, um, good-hearted, whereas yes. <laughs> Beetlejuice, not so much. <laughs> I'm not sure he has We've a been heart. talking about Tim Burton's uh, good, bad, new, wait, what, what did we call it? Big, bad, nightmare? Oh, yes. Or, or Beetlejuice. Big, big new goes, nightmare. Yes. No, no, no. Bi- Tim, Burton's bi- uh, Tim Burton's big new nightmare, I think, because it was the new nightmare from Freddy, and then big, because t- all the Tim Burton movies that have big in the title are really good. Right. And then we've been talking about um, Beetlejuice 2, where Beetlejuice goes Hawaiian. I really think we should combine it all and turn it into a musical. So, Tim Burton, if you're listening, Mr. Burton, we think you, Beetlejuice 2 should definitely be a new nightmare musical. Well, wasn't Big Fish apparently going to be a musical, if that is still happening? Oh, you mean on stage? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm not talking about on stage. I'm talking a movie musical. I think there should be an oh. original movie musical <laughs> for Beetlejuice 2. Just saying. Just throwing that out there. As long as they, <laughs> as long as they ignore the cartoon, we're good. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Uh, Barry started with the cartoon because he is of yeah. a different generation. <laughs> well, I mean, this would have been out. I just 
you know, uh, my parents were a little more, uh, not, not restrictive, but this was a, a very hard PG-13 at the time, as you'll later find out in, well, the next minute, really. Yeah, it starts with minute 49. And on that note, it's been great talking to you guys, and um, I hope to talk to you guys uh, again tomorrow. I hope that you're free to join us again tomorrow, Christopher. And um, I hope that all of you listening out there will come back for Friday, minute number 49. It's a big one. Bye! <laughs> Bye. Until next time, save us some popcorn, and we'll see you soon at the Beetlejuice Minute.